Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello there and welcome to another episode of Four Times in a Podcast. Just before we get started, want to let you know about this week's footballprizes.co.uk Celtic prize. It is a one-of-a-kind prize. It is a signed away kit from your treble winners. It's a custom frame with like a Jota, Carter Vickers, Kyogo and Cal McGregor on it. And as I say, it's a signed away kit as well. So it's a great prize to win. There's also an 11 instant win prizes, including your treble memorabilia that the club's recently released. It's your treble t-shirt, your treble bucket hat and your treble scarf. But I, you can enter this by going to footballprizes.co.uk and buying your ticket. Tickets cost £3.95 uh, but we can get you a discount on that. Just use the code TIMS10 that'll get you 10% off. Uh, this competition ends Monday 12th of June at 7.30pm and good luck to you if you enter and thank you to Football Prizes and everybody that's used our code this season. Uh, it helps support the podcast and keep us ticking along so thanks very much and we'll get on with the show. <laughs> and welcome to another episode of Four Times in a Podcast. You join us on the evening of Monday the 5th of June. It's quarter to eight at night. It's been quite the weekend and also quite the Monday eh, after Celtic won the Scottish Cup to complete the treble. Eh, won 3-1 against Inverness. Goals from Kyogo, Leah Labada and Jota securing the win eh, late on. I'm joined tonight by... Danny and Andy. Uh, I'm sure anybody's got Tony on social media will have seen he he was on it all weekend, so uh, I think he's probably recovering somewhere. But we'll we'll plod along regardless. But I will we'll speak about the cup final first before we move on to the manager. I'm no that everybody's desperate to speak about it as it's been everything I've seen on Twitter and Facebook uh, the day. But Danny, it was no quite the hammering that a lot of people expected, but Celtic got the job done uh, after a sort of tight 25, 30 minutes. They got the goal through that man, Kyogo, again, and Inverness scored late on to make it 2-1, but I don't think Celtic ever really looked in danger. It was another great day at Hamden for uh, this Celtic team, and we completed our fifth treble in seven years and completed the... Will set the new record for the amount of trebles won by making it the eighth treble in our history, but a, a fantastic day for Celtic. Yeah, another historic day for everybody at the club. Um, you're right, we all thought it was going to be hammering, didn't we? We all lined up, pretty sure we all had money on a big scoreline, a cricket score, but I uh, don't want to say it played out a bit of a damn squib, but it was kind of the way I thought the game was going to go, except I did think we'd score more goals. We were completely dominant. A wee bit wasteful in my passing throughout the whole game, actually. Um, but on another day, we would have scored six or seven, I think. We knocked it about where there was no real challenge from Vanessa. It was always a case of when we score a couple, we'll get myself in front and no look back. Only one that in a pot of time. 
Kyogo actually great finish, but he missed an easier chance to make it two nothing. After a great pass by a while, and it was great movement by Kyogo as well. It really did deserve a goal. Second half is all about getting the second goal and just killing Inverness's spirit. Managed to get it. Then they came up the part once and score. It was a good goal. And then, as much as you say you don't worry, you do think, God, if they get an off chance, we're going to play an off half an hour. But um, got the third goal, then should have made it 4 1. Haxabanovich missed a good chance. Um, and then won the cup. And it was it's a terrible, you know, it's kind of one of the ones where well, it wouldn't get lost and it was really everything that was going about about the week and about how the season's finished and, and everything else. But we get lost in it as just but an, a remarkable achievement. It was got to be if they could win. So you're lining up talking, you know, six, seven, eight, nothing, blah, blah. But just getting the win was the most, obviously the most important thing. But just doing that and what that would mean to Celtic. Um, um, it, it was great. I mean, it was, it was a great day out. I had a great night on Saturday night as well. Um, out with some mixed company, as folk uh, like to say. Um, getting all the part of them, which was fun. Um, but just a great day for Celtic. We've been really blessed as a support over the last seven years. Um, they kind of, not even that last, you know, 23 years, we've been blessed with, with some amazing memories. But certainly in the last seven years with five trebles, it's, it makes it seem normal. <laughs> it really is, Nick. I mean, how many years did we go without winning a treble? And something would go wrong. You just think, over the course of the season, something's got to go wrong. You need everything to go right to win a treble. And all of a sudden, seven years later, we've won five of them. So, in a new world record, which is uh, something to be proud of as well. I definitely, as you say, it's sort of became commonplace, it feels, these days, especially, as I say, five in the last seven years. But, Andy, it was just an incredible day for Celtic and a fully deserved treble. The team's been absolutely magnificent this season. And... Uh, what, what did you make it? I know you had a bit of a mad one all weekend as well. Just you've got, I, I don't blame you for it. You've got to enjoy these occasions, and because as much as I uh, seem quite to be happening regularly these days, you never know when your next one will come. Aye, uh, like you say, it's you've you've got to enjoy them because like for for long enough they, they didn't really come, and it's just. The way we have been, um, particularly in recent years, is is, is nothing short of incredible. But to go and do it again, um, I spoke about it in the preview before uh, the game. We talked about it that when when Ange sort of first came in, we were talking about rebuilding and gaining a year and all the rest. Of it. And I'll not fucking repeat myself, but the, the point I was making was that he came in, done a double, and to go and basically improve on that again. Um, the only thing he could have done at that point was was, was win a treble and we've, we've went and done it and really it's nothing less than, than we've deserved um, the team's been absolutely excellent and I can't, just can't put enough sort of praise on them um, the relentlessness we've lost players Juranovic has went out sort of midway through a season and guys like Johnston have came in and arguably improved us and just across the board uh, I think it's it really has been incredible and you've got to enjoy these moments because as you say it's, it really is out the norm um, like it's, it's a world record when you think about it people often talk about nah, but you should be doing that and they should be winning that but that's that, that's not how football works um, the, the sort of better 11 players don't always win the game and today at a weekend, week out today in the big games today when it matters today at, um, when you lose somebody in the pitch or you get out of 10 men or you give away a dodgy goal or there's a lack of concentration to go and sort of put all that to the side and go and win another treble really is incredible um, long may days last continue but uh, you, you can't sort of put enough emphasis on how important it is that that people sort of recognise it. <laughs> that that isn't the norm. That's that's just not how football works. Um, all the all the big sort of success, all the big teams in all the leagues around the world are, are the exact same. Um, so I it was it was brilliant and um, the celebrations were good as well. But the game itself was 
there's always that, I think, with cup finals. Cup, cup football can be like that. We've, we've seen it enough times. Um, they sort of put up a, a reasonable sort of half hour. I think we scored just before half time, so it's maybe 40 minutes or so. And they sort of had the game plan. They tried to stick to it, tried to frustrate. Um, but as is, has been the case, fucking countless times this season, Kyogo's there, um, puts the ball in the net. And I think that settled a lot of nerves. Um, it's only natural that they're going to be there and sort of found our groove a wee bit more. Um, and we didn't need to press the issue as much because we'd, we'd got that goal. But they, they weren't going to change how they played at that point. Now, obviously, a bad against the second. Um, as Danny mentioned, you've always got that worry. Listen, their goal came out of nothing, really. Even they, I think it turned out was pretty accepted that that was the game done, but they get their goal. Fair play to them, they kept going. Um, it would have been easier for them just to sort of blow up and end up losing 5 6 7, but they didn't. They? You, you've got that worry when the ball goes in the net, but as always, the, the case with this team and these players, just relentless again, kept going. Jota gets an hard goal. Um, I think one of you mentioned before we started recording, it was it's just dead fitting that the three players that have scored the three goals is Kyogo, Abada, and Jota. And, um, sort of three of the first signings of, of the manager when he came in. And as you say, it's, it's it probably is fitting that it was them that got them. But I. It was just it was just brilliant. The sunshine and everybody just obviously enjoying themselves. You've seen how many people were there. Um ah, yes. I think it will it's one of the days you look back to and see like when when that record was broken, it was us that done it and we done it in obviously a, a great fashion, playing great football. But I it was missed the, the ninety minutes is sort of is sort of lost on. And I think it's more the what happened after. Um, that comes to the forefront and just the, the accomplishment and achievement that it was. Same way everyone else lived at Parky Death for the game and things like that and celebrating it and enjoying it in and, and the way it should be done. So, aye, it was, it was brilliant, Dan. Um, aye, definitely. As you say, I think it's a lot has happened since it, but uh, we did get to enjoy it. It was obviously great scenes of the uh, supporters marching from Glasgow Green uh, all the way to Hamden and then as you mentioned, great celebrations at the stadium after it as well. It was, it was just a really great day. I think there was a sort of sense of inevitability about what could come next, and uh, we'll just come on and speak about that. We'll obviously speak about the Scottish Cup and the season in general when we do a end of season review. But we'll wait till we're back as a four before we do that. But I, uh, I think when the post-match celebrations, I think. Everybody was loving it, but I think you could sort of tell and had that sort of a, a bit of somberness and seemed to just be taking it on. And I think, I know I'm not a body language expert, but it seemed pretty apparent that the rumours that had been going about that we spoke about on Friday might be true. Uh, and I know he sort of pushed the questions away when he was asked in the post-match, but not long after, uh, early Sunday, and as the day developed into the day, uh, it's became apparent that the rumours were true and Ange is just about 99% confirmed to be the next Tottenham manager. Uh, I think we'd sort of expected an announcement by the time we recorded, but uh, it's not done yet. Every sort of reputable news source is saying that, first of all, earlier it broke that Celtic had granted him permission and then there's an agreement been reached as well between Tottenham and Ange. So it does look sort of academic now. I don't think there's any sort of going to be a dramatic turnaround so uh, we may as well treat it as fact because I'm sure it may well be by the time this episode comes out Danny uh, it's been I don't know about you but it feels like it's a very very quick two years uh, that Angie's had at Celtic and a lot of his hoped they'd have another year at least if no more uh, but it does look like this is the end of Ange Postacoglu's uh, reign as Celtic manager five trophies out of six and one of the probably the best managers I've seen in my 30 odd years of supporting Celtic I think probably only Martin O'Neill is probably the only one I'd probably put above him at this point and especially in terms of the connection that he's got with the support as well just a, a really successful time for the club the, the perfect man that came in at the time that he did uh, how are you feeling about Ange moving on to Pastures New? Glad you said that you about him being the perfect man that came in Ange Postecoglou was the perfect Celtic manager, but doesn't mean he was the best. 
Celtic man's it. Disney mean he was the best man we could have got in 2021. Disney mean he's the best manager for Celtic now. We can go out and get a better one. Um, but when he came in, we were in a mess. I think we've just we've no finished half ten in a row. They've won. They had a chance to get into the Champions League. I know they didn't, but. <coughs> It was looking like they might kick on. Celtic were in a mess. We didn't have a team. And he came in and he, next thing you know, Tony Ralston knows how to kick a ball and run in a straight line. Um, McGregor looked revitalised. They looked really poor in that COVID season. Um, he looked like he was back to his best early on under and signings were making a real positive impact. Kyogo started at Houston Fire, a bad I looked like a real good find. And although we did stumble with a few results, the fact that was really good. And then once he got his players in, like Carter Vickers, Jota, and the others, kind of Jack and Marcus, I don't know what took him away to him, but they never really looked back and he galvanised the whole club at that point. I mean, when he came in, like, I see a lot of people talking about how Anches dripped Celtic and the rest of it. When he came in, there was a lot of fans, I mean, us four included, didn't give me time of day. Granted, it was more us venting with frustration at the bowl, that haven't that it happened, you know, two years before when they appointed a guy in the showers. Um, but we were all angry and he galvanised us and two years later we won five out of six trophies, including a treble at the weekend. We're right into the Champions League. The playing squad that he inherited compared to the playing squad that he left is just night and day. It's such a better job now than it was two years ago. So it's out there for somebody better to come in and take us to the next level. And I just my thing with Ange is I don't think he played the support. I don't I don't think he dripped us. I don't think he lied to us. I think the Tommy Burns thing has kind of been blown out of proportion. I think that was a genuine thank you to the supporters for what they've done for him over the last couple of years. I think he knew he was away at that point as well. I'll say that. Um, but I think it was a heartfelt, genuine thank you to the to the fans for the support. Um, I think he was wary about making the cup final, about anything other than the cup final and taking the focus away for the players and the achievement and all that and but I do think at full time he could have come out and said right you know thanks for having them away um, I don't think it would have ruined anybody's night at Celtic Park to hear that I think you know initially folk might be like oh for fuck's sake but at the end of the, the day they were there to celebrate and I think they would have celebrated um, although I do think Ange is a genuine affection for the club, I do think he, he's, he's probably got a genuine affection for the supporters. I think he felt a genuine connection to the supporters. Um, I think he's got a genuine connection to the club now. No doubt he'll probably check for the Celtic score every week. and I, th- I think that's genuine. All that can be true, but at the same time, he can still be kind of working his ticket and looking at his end career and thinking, well... I'm nowhere I want to be, you know, realistically. He might see himself at a higher level. He's leaving us for a higher level. He's not leaving us for a better club or a bigger club, but he's leaving us to go to a bigger league, to a better standard of player, to a better, just, it's a whole better job that he's going to, unfortunately. There's nothing that we can do about that, realistically. So, we're kind of prisoners and we're in kind of fucking hame at the minute because we can't compete. We're talking about Spurs who have just opened a stadium worth about a billion pound, who have got a playing squad that, like, I think every single one of their players would get a new team every week, probably half their academy players as well. So, and, he, and, it's, and what folk have not really realised is it's the exact same job he's got than two years ago. He's just got to go down there and galvanise a squad galvanise the support behind one man, him, and they've done it at Celtic, so he'll be thinking, why can I not date his buzz? Um, and, you know, and he's only, he doesn't need to win five out of six trophies there to be a hero. He only has to win one, whether it's the League Cup, the FA Cup, or, or whatever. He doesn't need to win anything other than one trophy, and he'll be revealed down there forever. So, it's 
and he'll be getting paid about 100 grand a week. So, <laughs> of course, it's ridiculously tempting. Um, and I have no real issue where I'm taking it, other than I think it's a drop I finished at Celtic. I don't think we'd quite reached where we should have got to in Europe. I think the performances were there, and the performances, if they improved, which you would like to think they would do, grant East third season, and another crack at the Champions League, then the results would improve with them. So I'm upset that way. Um, but I know when Rogers left, I, I was sick. When when Ange left, I was rather just kind of sad. And I don't hold any grudge against him for going. I think I think long term he's got his eye on Man City or Liverpool. I think he, he obviously he's been in with the City group for years. It's it's just and he's a Liverpool fan. It's the same risk that Gerard took leaving Rangers to go to Villa. He knows that two or three years down there, if he can, if, if Ange can go to Spurs, finish top four for three years, he didn't need to win it. If he can finish top four and make them a good team, then there's every chance that the City group will just call his name when Pep leaves, or he can play the whole emotional Liverpool fan card when Liverpool maybe need a new manager. So it's a risk, and he's obviously back to sell. He's also 57, he might never get a chance again. He wants to probably wants to be the first Australian to manage in the Premier League. He was the first Australian to manage uh, like a big club like Celtic, so he probably takes that sort of thing seriously. He'll, he'll see it as a kind of trailblazing for other coaches, maybe, I don't know. But um, is he a Celtic legend? I don't think so. I don't think he stayed long enough. I don't think he'll go down. But I think he'll go down in history as somebody that was, that was needed at the time. And history will remember him very fondly. And I'd imagine uh, if Spurs bag him in six months and he comes up to be a pundit sports sound or something like that, I'd imagine he'll get a good reception after fans. Um, but uh, it just, I think a lot of folk are upset because it feels like somebody during England's fluttered their eyelashes and he's went down running. And I think that's where the, the kind of bad feeling comes from. And I can understand that. But I think just looking at it objectively, it's. Unfortunately, Darren, at this moment in time, we can't do too much about it. I, I would like to think Celtic did try and keep him here. And I think that's probably why Desmond was seen in and around Glasgow the last couple of weeks. Um, but ultimately, you know, he's got his, he's got his end career and his end family and all that to look out for. And these Spurs have probably looked, have obviously offered them something that he can't say naughty. So, you know, I'd just rather it was done all this dragging on. It's dragged on all day, can I? And I know it's only been a couple of days, but it seems like it's going to drag on and just screw them, don't we? And we can start looking forward to who's going to replace them because we need to find a new Postacoglu. And it's no doom and gloom because, as I said earlier, before I started my mad monologue, the job is 10 times better than the one he's inherited. So realistically, we should be looking for a manager that's 10 times better than Andrew Postacoglu. No, I think it's spot on. I think this sort of year will be sort of defined by Ange's first sort of training uh, session when it was about uh, we never stop and like that. That's what's going to continue in the club and like as you say, like just because Ange's leaving doesn't mean we need to sort of backtrack and start going backwards or stay where we are. Like you, you can go out there and try and identify somebody that's going to improve what he's done. Uh, as you say, the foundations are there we're in a much better place than when he came in and it's going to be for like, one of the most attractive jobs in Europe at the moment like we're guaranteed Champions League football next year uh, we're dominating the league we've got a great squad with a lot of good young players in it and we're, we're pretty sound financially as well there's going to be a healthy transfer budget there for whoever comes in uh, so I think, I think as much as Ange has seen an opportunity for him now that he's away, it's an opportunity for us to try and progress as a club. And like I say, on Friday, like it, we we need to be an ambitious club because we're at need these sort of debating. Everybody knows Celtic's a bigger club than Spurs, but Spurs are one of the richest clubs in England, and we just can't sort of compete with the money there eh, thrown at Ange. And, and I know people saying, oh, I should have been tied doing a contract. I don't, I don't necessarily think that would have changed it. And I think, hey, we might have got a bit more compensation, but I don't think overall that would have, if Spurs had to pay eight million instead of five million or whatever, I don't think that would have really stopped them if they wanted them. And 
we've got we seem to have got better accepting it. I know we sometimes are bitter uh, with players when they want to move on, uh, but we seem to have accepted that a bit more these days that players are going to want to go and test themselves in better leagues. And I guess a sort of byproduct of that is that the manager you want him to be ambitious as well, and obviously you want him to be ambitious with Celtic. Like I remember we had. Uh, when Andrew was appointed we had that Australian uh, writer Adrian Deans on and he gave me a great insight to Ange and he, he told me he was like Ange will really fancy doing something massive at Celtic like in Europe obviously it didn't come to fruition but that, that's what you sort of want for your managers and if they are ambitious if they get offered a job like Spurs who for the last 15 years have generally been in about that top four top six in England and uh, Champions League finals and whatnot, like it's just like I, I, I've near will towards Ange. I know people have been sort of uh, getting a magnifying glass and going out everything he said for the last 12 18 months, and he it, it, it sort of warned everybody at the AGM as well. He says, Don't get attached to uh, your favourite players and that, but that's sort of probably applied to him as well uh, in terms of like players move on, managers move on. We just need to get used to it because usually at Celtic, it's it ends the way Lennon did, or Mowbray did, or you just sort of like Stratton maybe feels that he stayed a season too too long at Celtic, and like it's or the way Brendan left, like it's sort of you, you never really have that natural conclusion where everybody's happy. Usually, people are either wanting the manager to go or the managers just went. And I, I'm I'm with you, Danny. I, I would have liked to have thanked Ange, known 100% that he was away, but. I do, I do think at the same time he was just sort of try to protect the moment and allow the players who'd worked so hard and all the staff that'd worked so hard to enjoy it. And you're right as well, like, I just never come out here pretending to be a Celtic fan or that, but it's, it's completely plausible that he's just a genuine guy with similar values to us. He was also like a Greek immigrant that went to Australia and... He's just like, as you say, probably did align me a lot of the values of the support in the club in general, and I don't think that's putting on an act. And the, even the Tommy Burns quote uh, on uh, Trophy Day, like it was, <laughs> I think he probably did know at that point that he was going to go as well. And the quote that he was in, I think that was sort of a reminder. He was trying to tell Celtic fans, look, no matter how, what players and managers are there, like you'll always be there. Like that's this is our club. It's no. It's not Andrew's club, it's not any player that walks through the doors club, it's the supporters in the stand and watching on the telly around the world's club and we are, we are the ones that will always be there. Celtic put a great, like a great video of uh, like the trebles that had went before uh, Saturday and then Ange as well, so I think I say it on our Twitter, like this just shows like there was great times before Ange, there was great times during Ange and undoubtedly with this club there will be great times ahead as well and You've just got to enjoy the ride and hope that the board they get it right. And I wish Ange well. Uh, obviously, that I think he will be well remembered by the support. I, I think you're right. He's probably not been he's not been there long enough to become an out and out legend, but uh, he, he will be very fondly remembered. And we could have went one or two ways when uh, we appointed a manager after Neil Lennon because it, it was a bomb site and we could have just sort of spiralled in oblivion and uh, that mob across the city could be gone for two or three in a row now and instead we had Ange and we all got behind him uh, after the sort of initial shock his appointment and it was really support uh, that got repaid in bundles by Ange and it was a great connection but that you know what that's football and as you say like we're sort of trapped in Scotland and that's always going to sort of hinder who we can keep at the club in terms of managers and players but all we can do is move on but Andy eh, how are you feeling about it as as I say I think if you would have said this two or three weeks ago it would have caught you a surprise but I think the sort of last seven or ten days it's been becoming more and more realistic in terms of it happening and now it has sort of occurred <sighs> I don't even know, man. Like, such much feelings, I don't know. I think everybody else has been, been back and forth. I think I've been through every, but every stage of grief on one day today. But it's funny. See, you know, you say I was talking to um, one of my pals earlier on about it, and it's funny talking about either being surprised a few weeks ago, and, and I, well, I still think that's the case. I was just thinking back about things you said in the past and 
things that have happened the last few weeks and now it all sort of pieces together and adds up but it makes sense. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, nothing really came out after you seen him pictured with Desmond and uh, we were talking earlier on as well about the comments that he made after Juranovic left and I think that, that you're seeing almost him and that talking about himself. Like, he, he really could have sort of swapped it with Juranovic for, for me. He could have said for him in that position. I think you can see all that. And it's, like, but at the same time, I think that he's a right in the sense that we need to look at managers the same way we look at players. Like, we don't expect a guy like, I don't know, fucking Hitati or Jota or whatever to come here and stay here for 15 years and retire here and all the rest of it. I don't think we expect that, but I think there's also an element of right, players have maybe got a, not a shelf life, but they've, they've probably got a, sort of a maximum period of time if they're still a developing player. They'll be here before the day move on to a, a sort of bigger league or a, or a league which is more competitive and they can try themselves in a sort of more difficult playing environment. And I think that applies to managers as well and I think that's something we need to accept. I think what pisses us off is, is is the way they go about it and I really hope whoever it is that comes in and I'm sure we'll go on about that at some stage as well um, and talk about sort of people who have been linked and things. I, I hope that whoever it is comes in and, and listen, you want them to buy in and you want them to sort of go with the fans and look the wee things that show appreciation and, and stuff like that, but I really hope they don't do this whole sort of playing up to it and almost almost making people believe that they're. I know, I know it's because that you know, people listen, the fans want to believe that he's, he's bought in, and I'm sure that he was, and I'm sure there's elements of truth as to what Danny was saying, but I'm just no naive enough to buy that he didn't know, and not just him, I think it applies across the world, that they don't know what they're doing when they're wheeling out coats for guys like Tommy Burns just using it almost I, I, I just I think whoever comes in I, I just don't want to see it like we know where you're at and I'm not expecting them to be doing and going and no show that appreciation but I think there's a way for them to go about it now and I'm, I just I, I'd, I'd rather it just didn't happen um, where you're, they're almost trying to give you that false hope like we know where we're at and we're unfortunately Shackled by by the league that we're in and the fucking shite that we're surrounded by. So, I it's it's more, more about accepting that, but it's it's hard because I mean he's he's obviously there's, there's not much American daily. Like, you're not gonna really make a dent in the Champions League. I was in the sort of and obviously we win the, we win the league and we're automatic in and we obviously thinking about it. I was as buzzing as anybody thinking I can't wait to see him win another crack at it because there was elements of. Uh, they got me excited watching like, the games against Madrid and things like that and I think that we could certainly have improved on it and I thought the manager would have I thought he would have been here to do that and I was I was buzzing for it um, now it's always one of the things there will always be the question but I, I think we just need to look at, look at it a bit differently and more so treat managers the same way we treat sort of when, we, when we're signing a, a player who's coming in 21 and 22 we know we're going to be a stepping stone. I'm no. I, I think we just need to accept that. Well, like he's not a Celtic fan. I don't think he owed us anything as such. But I, it's that that's what doesn't. I think it doesn't sit well with me. All this pish about sort of Tommy Burns and fans and everything else. Like, I, I get that a massive offers came in. Probably the biggest offer you get as Celtic manager because I don't see a City or United or anything like that taking the Celtic manager. Um, so realistically, I think a traditional top six scene with Spurs is, is probably the biggest job you'll get for the Premier League to come up here at this point in time. Um, and it's just so happened that it's fell. And obviously, if they've went for the fire-up manager, that's that's not been able to come through. And they've turned, turned their attention towards towards Ange. And that's, I get why he can't turn it down, but I think it's what hurts a lot of people is just the way he's went about it. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's elements where a, a lot of people who say the Rodgers have done it differently, they've been sent after their best wishes, and I think we can all see that's a lot of shite, um, because some people don't really accept the reality of where we are, but aye, it's, it's, it's just all the shite that comes along with it, and even when they come in, I think, you know, the story about playing up to all this immigrant 
stuff and that's how he buys in and that's why he's here and wanting to leave long lasting legacies and uh, the comment I can't remember exactly what it was but it was a bit you'll be surprised at how long I'm here and all that like well we're surprised because you're fucking leaving after two years do you know what I mean that's it's stuff like that that pisses me off as opposed to the way he's done it um but that, that's probably just because I'm hunting like everybody else will be hunting you know for two days to celebrate a treble and I agree like I think the perfect time would have been to say and I said that obviously before before the game that I think you would have learned a lot for the, like after it when the fans were there at Parkhead and he's obviously saying he's saying his piece so even when he was on sort of telly and Martin O'Neill was talking to him after the game I think one of the moments not to sort of say and seal it but he, he could have made comments or he could have, he could have said something um, because this hasn't just happened overnight like Spurs haven't just contacted him today and says, right, do you want to be the manager? This has obviously been going on for a while. Um, I think we can all start to see that. And that's what I was talking about, piecing things together. But Desmond wasn't waiting for nothing. That was obviously a last-ditch attempt to get him to stay. And whatever happened, it says no came through. But I think it, it, a lot of things just could have been done and said a bit better, um, for my opinion. And I've got no doubt he's going to go and when he does his first press conference it'll be all the same sort of usual sound bites that we're used to hearing and same thing I don't have any ill will against him I just think we should learn something for it in terms of going forward and I, I hope that whoever it is that does take Job Disney go down the same route Um, we've seen it with Rodgers and we've sort of seen it with, with Ange now I, I don't need all that I just want the best available manager to come in to say I'm here to do a job, I'm here to make Celtic the best possible team that they can be um, and, and and make sure the fans enjoy themselves and enjoy the football they see along the way. I don't need all the other, other shite because it, it just makes it that bit worse when you're looking for, for something we've got home can, um, homecoming tours booked for us going to play his ex-team in Japan and all that and next thing you know he's he's going to be in London when, when we're earlier, do you know what I mean? It's, it's stuff like that that really sort of that really gets to me or so about the whole situation. Um, so I, it's, it'd have been a lot easier to take if that wasn't the case. But I, there's no need to be sort of using all that. Like, his, his football itself would have endeared himself to the fans the way he, he came in and sort of picked us up when we were a fucking shambles. Like that, that would have done all that for him. He, he didn't have to get in the route of um, making wee sound bites and, and telling people what they wanted to hear. And as I say, you try to use just throwing the name, like throwing Tommy Burns about like that that didn't need to harm. Um and I hope that we learn something for that and whoever it is that comes in doesn't get in that route either because it just makes things like this that bit worse. And I can see why people get dead annoyed and so I made emotions involved in it. Um but I it's I think he's alright as well. I think we are a more attractive proposition now than we were then and I think it, it really comes to the board now. Like, what happens next season if if it's the worst that happens then that falls on the board and if it's the best that happens that falls on the board as well we should we should have learned through past mistakes we should have learned through all the managers that have been here recently since that board have been in charge we, we've seen what happened after Rogers left but we weren't prepared obviously he done it at a worst time but he still left us with an absolutely dominant squad that, that was it, that, that's all we had. We never had a backroom in place. We never sort of had a, a system in place whereby if, if you take one out, there's, it's, it's the name you're replacing. Um, and I think you'll find out everything you need to know now about whether or not we learned anything for that um, when Ange goes, because it, it's really don't know what the board day next. Um, and I, I fucking hope and pray that they get it right. And this is something they've been thinking about and working on, but... Again, we've seen this before. We know what they're like, and it wouldn't surprise you if they go and do something fucking stupid. So, I think we've just got to move on. And as I say, go and get the best available manager and go and back them and try to let somebody new come in and make new memories and make make new legends at the team. So that's that's where I'm at. And as I say, I'll probably move on to an stage of grief and be calling them all the bastards in about ten minutes, but. Sure, you can come back to me then. No, definitely. I know we're, we're going on about 40 minutes now, so we'll just come round to who who we want to be appointed. Danny, I'll, I'll come to you first. Andy's obviously, as he says, going through the stages of grief there and wants us to appoint a robot with any personality that doesn't get attached to Celtic. Who who would be your 
next Celtic manager, if you could choose one from the many names that have been touted today, like Sir Brendan Rodgers, Jesse Mars, Davy Moyes, even guys like John Kennedy? Um, I was listening to what you were saying there. I thought Andy talked a lot of sense. Kind of came from the opposite view that I did, but I get a lot of what Andy's saying. But we do need a manager with personality. You need you need some <laughs> you need somebody like Andrew that's got a massive personality with gravitas that can come in and galvanise everybody. Um, and we're in such a great great position at the minute. But the fans need somebody to get behind. I think that's that's obvious. I mean, you need somebody. You need a figurehead at the club, whether it's you know Rogers or or Ange or I mean even. Even Lennon, to be fair to him as well, had, had a lot of support at times. But it's kind of a connection that you need to have to be successful. And all that, you know, like the second time around, Lennon never really had it um, because he came out and called the support a spoiled spoil brats before he got the job. Um, but if you look at, like, Anil, and I mean, Strachan never had a, a great connection with the fans, but... I think enough fans were on side of him, but like you look at Mowbray, it never really had a connection. I was talking about like, in the 90s, half the time his team were out and taking it in the chin and all that. And you need somebody with that personality. I mean, but who do I want? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I've been I've been convinced by people on Twitter that I want Brendan Rodgers to come back. Um, I think purely because he built a team that won every week when they played in Scotland and he, you know, he won an undefeated treble, he won, you know, seven out of seven trophies that he was here for, but he would have went on and won, he would have went on and clinched the treble treble before he left. Um, as I said earlier, I'm leaving made me sick, but I've, I've come round to it, but now, I mean, what happened to Celtic over well, the next couple of years can I prove that Rogers maybe had a point all along, although he definitely left far too early. Um, in a, the worst possible moment and he found out that he pushed the move through if Leicester when they were happy from his time to the end of the season was a wee bit sickening as well but that was it this is now um, and you just know Rodgers will bring will bring class again he'll bring up a, you know a, an operation that will that will produce results I mean they completely transformed the whole football operation the last time he was up and I know you know it wasn't great. I mean, his recruitment wasn't very good. And most of success stories, Scott Sinclair aside, were him inheriting players that were decent and turning them into invincibles. Um, but you bring him in now and look at the squad he'd have to work with now. Um, just incredible. Um, and if he could get that odd gem like a Sinclair that take him up and stuff, then you would be you'd be on your winner. Um, Maybe he can tempt a couple of boys for Leicester, not to play in the Championship and come up and play uh, in the Champions League instead. You never know. But I don't think it will be Rogers. Um, I'd be surprised. Um, I know a lot of rumours are kicking about that it is him, and I know for a fact he's still got a house in Glasgow and he's told folk on many occasions that um, in the last couple of years that he missed the feeling of managing Celtic. And I don't think he was at the semi-final in April it was an accident either, but I just I don't know, I just can't see it. Um, with the other names he mentioned, I, I would take Davy Moyes purely because for about 10 years I've been convinced that Moyes will manage Celtic one day, so why not now? Um, also, me and you can dig out an episode of a previous podcast that we've done and prove that we'll talk talk in the future. Um, Jesse Marsh, I don't know. I really liked the idea of him when he was at Salzburg because um, his team won the league every year and the team played really good football in the Champions League and they were really good when I know it was um, your other guy, Marco Rosa, who was there when we when we played them in Europe. But by all accounts, that was Marsh's good work. Did Marsh come in after him? I can't remember. But um, I was intrigued with Jesse Marsh and then the one get worked out for him in Germany, did it? And then he went to Leeds and uh, uh, I know Leeds get relegated. I think he might have kept them up, actually, if he'd have stayed there. Because he did seem to get a half-decent tune out of them, but I don't know if he's a bit of a weirdo or not. 
Um, but again, somebody was telling us last night Celtic sponsored him today's UEFA badges years ago, and his daughter stays in Edinburgh. So, I mean, you never know. <laughs> um, and if he could get, it's obvious that he knows what he's talking about when it comes to football. Um, it just seems to me another one that it seems to be me another. It'll be another soundbite merchant going by what he said at Leeds and stuff. And you know, it's the fans I like. Um, He'll probably be around a couple of years. Um, I'm just going to say it. I think I think John Kennedy's earned a crack at it. I've been saying it half hour for the last week. Uh, I think John Kennedy's earned, earned a crack at the job. I don't think the timing's right. <laughs> I don't think when we can go straight into the Champions League and we've got a great playing squad and it would seem easy just to get to the assistant, but... I do think Kennedy's earned a crack at it. I just don't think the time's right. I think the job is much better than previous, as I've said before, and the board should be marketing that and should be going out to basically who on the Champions League in front of everybody and saying, look, you've got six chances to prove what a good manager you're in front of the whole world. Because with that, you know, I know the results have not been great, but when Celtic are at home in the Champions League, it's fucking box office. Everybody, it became cliche, the way folk go on about it now, but you see on Twitter and that, the Americans and Sky and BT, you know, they fucking lap it up and sell it at home in Europe. And we need to showcase that to, I mean, somebody like Graham Potter, for example. Um, he would probably be my pick. I know I've went a long way around, but I think if you told me Potter wanted it, then I would love Potter. Potter's, the only thing with Potter is, is it's very similar to Rodgers. He got his big break in England that didn't work out and he comes up here to repair his reputation. So I think a lot of maybe people can caught up in that. It might not be as pretty the second time round that kind of merry-go-round, but I don't think Potter's team was at Brighton. He played great football and I thought he was very unlucky at Chelsea. Um, them signing fucking off a team in January that he never asked for probably put the death nail in his career there, but it's just, does he fancy, he might think he can walk into a job in England, I think he was maybe going to go to Leicester until they get relegated, um, so does he wait, does he go to Paris, does, does he wait about, fuck knows, if if he could attract him, I, I think it would be a good move, but I just think, I just, if they were to turn and get to Kennedy the more, I, I, I wouldn't be angry, I'd be a bit meh, and I, I would maybe wonder if they've looked hard enough, but can anybody really begrudge Kennedy a go at it? I mean, he's been the assistant for seven years. He's clearly highly thought of at the club and within football. He keep, I mean, I've heard over the years, and even recently, that he hearts were sniffing him. Hibs wanted him a couple of years ago, and the United wanted him at the start of when they let go of Jack Ross. Um, and he seems to keep knocking his back is it because he thinks he's going to go to Celtic. I mean, time this goes out, he'll probably be fucking spurs with Ange because it seems like he's got to go there. But I just wonder if it's his time. But I think me and Andy were talking about it before. You had to record that. It's not really, the time is not really right for Kennedy. But if they want to give him it, I wouldn't be, I don't know. I, I mean, I'd be interested to hear what you think. But if there were Kennedy was to be the next Celtic manager, I would. But they've got it to put it away. No, you've spoke quite a lot about the candidate said. I think Rogers, I think it's unlikely as well, but I think in terms of having somebody that's that knows the club, who's is confident in his own ability, like I think Rogers is the type of manager that could maybe have a squad forget about Ange in a few weeks versus he'll come in and tell them I'll I'll have you in the Champions League quarterfinal last year. Like don't worry, while he's he's taking Spurs to Luton, you'll be off to the San Siro or the Allianz Arena are all Trafford, like just to. I, I think a lot of the infrastructure at Lennox Town was probably stuff that Rogers implemented as well. Uh, so I know we won their podcast back when uh, he, he left us and we sort of came a few months after that. So you probably didn't hear our thoughts at the time on Rogers, which might be for the best. I don't think we'd be invited back to fan media events if he had. Uh, but no, I, I don't know. I can't see it happening now. Uh, I'm a I'm a massive Kennedy fan, and I think I'm I'm with you. If they gave him it, I'm no jumping uh, 
from the heavens, but I I just think he has earned a crack. He's he's worked under great Celtic managers and also Neil Lennon. Uh, but nah, I think it might be his time. Uh, and then we could just go left field again, and that would be interesting as well. But Andy, who who are you thinking before we wrap up? Do you know, again, this is, I, I, I don't know. And I, don't, don't get me wrong, we were talking about obviously Kennedy earlier. And I do also agree that you made the point that, like, if it's if not now, then when is it the time to give him his crack at it? And, like, it's, I don't know. I think the, the next appointment is massive and there would be an element of sort of continuity there. And, but this again, like, who then becomes number two, and I, I don't know, and I think there will come a time, or there should come a time, where he deserves his shot, because he's been there under for pre- multiple previous managers now. If he stays in sort of rejection down south, you think there would be an element of that there. But I don't know, I've, I've sort of toed and froed a wee bit in terms of managers. I think Potter I would be happy with, I think he's... People keep referencing the job done at Chelsea, but Chelsea had a fucking mess, a total, complete and utter mess. Um, he was probably hard done by there. The job done at Brighton was brilliant. Um, he's good football. The Rodgers one initially, I was a bit like, oh, fuck that. But you know he would come and like, I think he's a spot on again in terms of he's going to improve the players that are already there and, and that stay there. His recruitment wasn't great. To an extent, um, but I, I would have every confidence that just having a look at obviously the list of managers that were there when you were, when you were sort of talking. And like if Rogers comes in, there's just no doubt in my mind that he goes and starts fucking lording out of the hands again and just battering them. Um, because he, he's a fucking fantastic football manager. Like, let's let's all be open and honest here. Um, on what ended sour at, at Leicester, but even the job he done down there, um, fucking won an FA Cup with him. Uh, had them, they were fifth in the league once or twice. I know that he done a really, really good job, and they didn't spend money. Like ultimately, if you go and look at their transfer business, that's why they went down. They went down because their team ended up a fucking mess, and they didn't spend any money on it. But I, again, if he came back, he would have the confidence that he would go and, and and keep his winning. But I suppose the alternative to that is Europe wasn't great. Um, and. I think we all want to improve in Europe. I think that's really got to be the next sort of target. Um, you look to improve and sort of move on every day, er, every every year, sorry. And I think, is there maybe a bit of doubt about, about that with Rodgers? Is that maybe me being a bit harsh? I, I don't know. But I think the thing is with Ange, and I mentioned it earlier, that you had so much confidence because of how we went about and played. Like I know, obviously, it didn't end great this year in terms of points in the board, but there was so much elements of, of the play and... Uh, yeah, I don't really keep some back to it, but the way we played against Real Madrid really, it, it just made me excited for thinking about what what could he do if we had another season with with more backing, um, with that experience under the players. Like, what, what could he do um, if if given more support? So, I was between the two. I, I wouldn't mind the the Bodo manager, um, Nutson. I, I think there's an element of there that we go a bit left field again. Obviously, he's been in Europe before, but the job he's done with them is incredible. Um, I, I just really don't want it to be somebody fucking stupid. Um, like, I don't know, Neil Lennon or fucking, like, people floating about the idea of like Martin O'Neill's and um, even Scott Brown. Like, I, I don't want any of them. I want to go with somebody. Um, if it's Rogers, so be it. Um, I think there'll be a lot of people pissed off, but I think winning talks very quickly, and I, and I think he would do that. But I'd also be behind either Potter or Nutson, but if we do stay with Kennedy, then he's got my full backing because I do agree. I think he's he's earned his he's earned his shot at it. Can I can I just pop in there and see the Bodo manager, right? No doubt he's clearly capable, but are you know wary that he's been linked with every job that's came up in the last four, three, four years, not taking any. Did they not know back the Aberdeen job? Um... I was thinking about this. He's actually he's speaking to Ajax. I know I was reading about Melly. He's actually speaking to Ajax. They didn't. I'm I'm sure they knocked back there. They knocked back there for Dean Joe. they did. They offered him it before Goodwin. Um, I mean, I think that that says a lot. But I mean, for Aberdeen, it's probably one of the only times a team for Scotland's no went and just hired one of the usual guys after the merry-go-round. But um, 
I don't know. I think the I mean they fucking battered us. Let's let's all be open and honest about it. Yeah, they absolutely battered us, and it's weird. I've looked obviously once they after that game and since then also. I mean you see their name pop up because they played really good football that day. And I remember a few other players obviously moved on. So back ends at Roma now. Um, who's a boy in the middle of the park? That Patrick Berg. But it's funny there was a big thing because he moved away to France. And he was poor, and then he came back. And there's um, not a fucking theory, can I call it that? But there's a lot of talk about a lot of their players. It's because they were so good as a unit, but when they went away individually, they've been pretty poor. And I mean, Sobakin's not been great at Roma either. Berg obviously when he came back, and I think there is another couple of players who were similar. And it was it was just a then an interesting read um, when I was going through it. So I, I mean, I don't I don't know, but he's obviously fucking. I mean, they came out anywhere. You seen. The state their stadium was in. I'm sure they had a be look earlier on. I know they'll sit and tap it a league again. Um, they they done impressive in Europe. As I say, they battered us in in their there sort of year on year. Coming to a league that's sort of worse than ours, if you like, um, and punching above their weight. I'm sure I've seen before as well. Their wage budget's bigger. Eh, sorry, smaller than like Aberdeen, Hibs, Hearts. So obviously, he's a manager that showed they can work within sort of certain constraints and stuff like that. But um. He's he's one. He's he's sort of put his name out there. Ajax have obviously their team who's who's got a model. We've spoken about them before when we were sort of trying to get a, a manager in beforehand. How they it seems to be although they might have a, a, a poor season here and there, they they've got a model and everything sort of built when the manager goes to get somebody of the same out that comes in again. So um I think if they're looking at them, um that obviously tells you a lot that they they think he can sort of come and contribute to them, but. I they one of the for me. I just I want to see something that sort of inspires me and Disney fucking put the fear of God into me. I said to you earlier, David Moyes, that just puts the fear of God into me because I think the football would blow me to death. Um, although if he wins a European trophy with West Ham, I really don't know why the fuck he would leave to come to Celtic. But I uh, any that like I've seen O'Neill plot about love Mark O'Neill, but just don't get back there. Um, Lane and I'm not even going to entertain it. Roy Keane or that sort of malarkey. I just don't want involved with it because it would it would fucking depress me at that point. Um, I, I just want to see something with a bit of ambition. Um, and then when they are coming, they're, they're backed and and they can sort of get moving in the transfer market. Because I said this, we're we're, we're not going to look in the same markets that we did under Ange. I think. Um, I'd be surprised if we're going to buy anybody else for the J League now that he's away. So uh, whoever it is. Uh, hopefully they can inspire us and, and sort of keep us moving because um, really Europe's going to be the target now that we look to build on and improve our performances there so hopefully whoever it is can do that I definitely obviously it'll be an interesting week who knows Celtic might act quickly and get it done uh, if no we'll be back to discuss it at length I'm sure we're a full squad uh, as I said we'll also have our end of season review and we'll show them we'll look back at our predictions as well but if you've made it this far I know it's a long episode today so thanks for listening and we will speak to you at some point in the near future cheers
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.